and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith, writer and artist, and this is Words and Pictures podcast number one. In this solo episode, I will be speaking briefly about what the Words and Pictures podcast is all about, and then I'll have a quick chat about what has happened at my own desk this week and what has caught my eye in the world beyond my study. Then I'm going to talk about book cover design and the importance of understanding your writing genre and the importance of noticing the current trends of book cover design. And I will also ask why so many covers have faceless figures on and whether this is helpful for sales. Lastly, I look forward to next week's episode and tell you all about my guest. I've been intending to start a podcast of my own for a few years now and focus on how important the visual side of this writing life is. Not just for me, because I do my own artwork and label myself both writer and artist, but for everyone who endeavours to put their words into the world. Book covers, of course, are obvious, and so words and pictures podcast will begin there. Yet there is so much more which we rely on, especially in today's high-tech online world. The images we need to support our writing have never been, in my opinion, more important not least because we now seem to need so much more than a book cover. Author websites and social media are just the few that spring to mind. Add in extras like book merchandise, special editions and fan art, and the more mundane requirements of business cards and author photographs and avatars, and soon it seems like the writing was just the tip of the iceberg. It's important, therefore, to get the pictures, the images, right in order to make them fit with our writing and ultimately help us sell our writing. This podcast then will endeavour to speak to writers about their writing, but also about the art and the images they use to help get their writing seen. And I hope you'll join me for the journey. At my desk this week. At my desk this week, I've been enjoying getting back to my work in progress. I must confess that real life, as it so often does, has rather got in the way of writing for a few months, and what with one thing and another, I've not really been getting those words down on the page. However, this week, I've made myself stop procrastinating and really got back into the flow, and I'm enjoying that nice first draft energy again. I'm busy working on the first book of a new series. Normally, I write grim, dark, medieval-type fantasy, but this new thing, as yet unnamed, is more of a science fiction story. The basic idea and characters, well, they've been on my mind, brewing away in my imagination for many years. So it's nice to finally give the idea some form. And I am enjoying the bigger palette that science fiction provides. Art-wise, I've just finished the illustrations for a children's chapter book. These are simple pen and ink sketches, and I've put these away and will look at them again in a few weeks. Because I find the artwork, much like the writing, benefits from a bit of space. I'll have a good look at them after a short lapse of time and then I'll be able, hopefully, to see any mistakes I may have made and get them redrawn or corrected. And the world beyond my study? Well, I noticed a thing in the paper about J.K. Rowling. Apparently they are reissuing her Harry Potter books with the illustrations she made while she was writing them. The story was that her publishers did not want or rate her drawings. But of course, now she's famous, they've changed their minds. The thing is, her drawings are very nice indeed. And over the years, I've seen one or two of them crop up. She is quite an accomplished artist. So, if like me, 
you draw as, as you write in order to understand your imagination better, hang on to those sketches. You may well need them one day. OK, time to talk about book covers. Because after all, that is the one thing every writer of books will either have or need. Let me digress a little and tell you what happened to me. Once upon a time, many years ago, I designed some book covers. This was back in the day when independent authors were often considered impostors, crazy deluded impostors at that, and print-on-demand was barely a twinkle in the book guard's eyes. My point is, this was a shiny, new and untrodden world, and information about getting your words out there was pretty thin on the ground. So I was a newbie, and I've always been arty, so off I went. I looked at lots of book covers. I even looked at book covers of fantasy, and I thought, I can create a book cover that will stand out and look entirely different from anything else out there. And so off I went, and so I did. The covers were great, and I'll let you into a secret. I really still quite like them. Did they sell my work, though? Nope, they did not. And why? Because they did not fit the genre, and fitting in with the genre was as important then as it is now. Years have passed, probably more than I'd like to mention, and when I finally finished my dark fantasy epic, I made new covers. But this time around, I knew more. I knew that getting that genre fit for your covers is the key thing. So, what to do? What can I say that will help you? Well, first off, you have to decide what genre you're writing in and then what subgenre, if any, you do fit into. The best way is to look at the books and writers that are most like you. Whose stories, or non-fiction for that matter, are similar to yours? And then compile a file of the covers digit digitally or print them out, whatever works. You'll see a few things that are the same. The colour palette, the type of image used, and the type of lettering. What you are aiming for is a book that will sit on the shelf, either virtual or real, and fit in with the books on either side. What you're doing with the cover is letting your words join the club that the other books are in, and that club is genre. Another point I'd like to make is fashion. It's interesting to take an older book and see if you can track down older versions of its cover. Do this with a few books in your genre and you will see trends in colour and especially typeface. It's fascinating stuff. Which brings me to another point. The cover you put on your book today will not last forever. At some time it will need a revamp. One day it will look outdated and you will have the joy of beginning the process all over again. Happy days. Anyway, whether you're designing your own covers or commissioning artwork, this stuff needs to be considered. If you're clear in your understanding, you won't waste time making or paying for art that is not quite what's needed to help make those sales. Take your time. It's not easy. And good luck. Right. While we're on the book cover topic, I'd like to have a quick chat about the faceless bodies that appear continually on book covers. Why and what do they mean? And what, in fact, do I mean? The kind of thing I'm talking about is very prevalent in the fantasy genre. Fantasy book covers are rife with hooded characters, their faces all but obscured by a hood, a cloak, a mask or armour. My own covers sport such a figure. Sometimes features are obscured because the character is turned away, or the figure is little more than a shadowy image running or strolling from the scene. You see this quite often on thriller covers. 
Romance covers often have a little more detail, but even when there is a torso, be it male or female, it often stops at the neck or jaw. Headless covers indeed. Once you notice it, it really is quite strange, for surely the author must know what their protagonist looked like. For myself, even though I know, in my mind's eye, exactly what the woman on my cover should look like, and I could in fact draw her for you, there is a reason that I haven't. And the reason is detail. It's all about detail. Let me explain. Let's forget images for a moment and go back to the words. Have you ever read anything, or indeed written anything, with a little bit too much detail? Ploughed through endless descriptions that felt not just pointless but a bit boring too. When you are settled with the writing craft, you learn to trust the reader. You begin to understand that the reader is in fact just like you, in that they have a very well-developed imagination, and all they need is a few pointers from you to make a clear picture of their very own. And that's just it. There can be, in fact should be, some differences in the interpretation from reader to reader. This is how we truly engage with a story, when we make it our own and use our individual and unique minds to do this. Book covers are the same. They don't need a sharply focused, incredibly detailed image of the protagonist on the front. They need a flavour, a taste, a glimpse that gives the reader the chance to fill in the gaps with their own imagination and, dare I say it, preferences. So have fun. Think about how you can give your reader a glimpse so that they will want to see more of the world you have made and also make a bit of the world for themselves. Join me next week when my guest is the romance writer Katie Metner. Katie is a disabled author who writes disabled characters. Her aim, as well as creating compelling romance books, is to help people without disability to gain a better understanding of the real-life issues that people with disabilities face each day. Katie has a lot of wisdom to share about that and her book covers and self-publishing. Thanks for listening to the Words and Pictures podcast. You can find me, DJ Bowman Smith, at www.djbowmansmith.com. Until next time, bye-bye.